Hey there, Eve here. Just me for this bit of the opening, as this one is a bit on the personal side for me. This episode does contain some sweet bits towards the end, but it ain't nothing you lot can't handle. At least, I don't think so. There is, however, an additional warning, but it does dip into the realm of spoiler territory. So I'll give you the opportunity to skip 30 seconds ahead if you do not wish to hear it. This episode will also contain a short scene and discussion of transphobic violence. Um, if you can't handle that subject, I promise it will be kept short. Um, and I will have some more to say on the subject at the end. But for now, on with the show. Good evening once again Brits on Bikes fans and welcome to episode 10 of Brits on Bikes. It's a bit of a special episode today because it is just me, Jimmy Sprinkles and the delectable Eve. Ahoy hi. Hi Eve, how are you, alright? Yeah, I'm surviving. A little bit sleepy, yes. but other than that. Well, you're all sleepy. God damn these time zones. What time is it for you at the moment? Uh, 2.30 in the 2:30. afternoon. Okay, but okay. I work nights, so this is normally my bedtime. We'll try and not keep you for too long, oh, unless well, the game I, is I awesome. Beforehand, so. For those of you that are wondering, Kat isn't with us tonight. It is, in fact, her birthday. Well, actually, it was yesterday. So she went swanning off to London. Did she send you pictures of marsh mummies? Oh, yeah. No, that was, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, she's yeah. swanning around the British Museum, I think, at the moment. Happy birthday, Kat. By the time you listen to this it will probably be about three months from now but hey ho okay so just we're just going to do a quick recap tonight so basically last episode you guys did a little bit of investigating and you well what did you do oh uh, it was the knucker. We, yeah no we stopped the knucker sally stopped the knucker because he was just going to pelt it with baseballs and hope that i got rid of the weird fish <laughs> yeah, so Victor Wallace has managed to complete the second part of the Elementor Tenebri ritual, which means there are only two more elements to go. So mm, are we going to see? Yeah, he is. But, you know, there's time, there's time. He'll be all right. Okay, so what we're going to do today is we're just going to spend a little bit of time with D and find out a little bit more about how he's dealing with all the weirdness that's been going on in Marsh Haven. So it's Saturday and you had a training session booked. Um, it's your very first cricket training session. Is there anything you would have wanted to do beforehand? I mean, uh, what, what time do these things normally go? I'm going to be kind to you and say it's going to be about three o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, shoot. I don't even know. 
Honestly, do you probably be going around town and um, seeing what the situation on like all the flooding and whatnot is? If that died okay. down. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. So you're heading around town for a couple of hours. You wander past some of the flood sites. The puddles that you saw in the roads have all disappeared. There doesn't appear to be any flooding in the streets. If you recall, the Nucker sucked back all the water that had been taken from it as it disappeared down the well. You can see that there are still the odd traffic cone and tape up. Uh, around certain flood sites it looks like they're still trying to drain some of the excess water out um, as you go past school you can see that make a brains roll for me oh boy <laughs> that's a two you think you can see somebody through the window you don't really know what they're doing but you pay it no heed and you carry on on your way is there anything else you want to do whilst you're in town i'll probably i'll probably try and go like at least check in on Sally, but I'm going to assume that she's busy or otherwise unavailable. Okay, sure. Yep, you go over to Sally's house and there's no answer there. So, I mean, this is an, an uncommon occurrence. She may well be out with her family. She might yeah. be elsewhere. So I'm afraid you're stuck. Although Nettles uh, is with you. Double check through that window and make sure it's not a Neil situation before. Okay, well, you look through the window. Um, the curtains are just open slightly. You can't see anything. There doesn't appear to be anything out of the ordinary. Okay. Um, other than that, yeah, I mean, you probably go to the junkyard and fart around for a bit. Nothing too special there. Um, alright, so you go to the junkyard. The disciples see you as you go in. They grunt at you, but don't, again, don't really pay much attention to you. So, but not to, uh, what's his face, a snot rocket or whatever? Snot rag. Snot rag, that's it. Yeah, Snotrag looks at you, um, hang on. You just do that little, like, uh, chin-up thing, like, yeah. <laughs> he he kind of looks at you really confused and grunts and scratches his belly. I'm going to say that you spend a few hours just rifling through your clubhouse, just checking some stuff out. You might throw some balls around, rearrange some of the stuff mm. that you've you put in there. Looking for any stray magical artifacts that might be lying <laughs> around. Yeah, nice try. After a while, it gets to about one o'clock. You're going to need to get home to prepare for your training session. Ugh. I'm going to fast forward a little bit, get you back home. It's about two-ish because it's, it's a bit of a trek across town. Um, Uncle Tommy's there as you get in and he looks at you and says, Oh, D, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're back. I have all your things ready for you. And he hands you a, a sports bag. You, you might want to put your uniform on. Uh, there's a uniform. Of course, everybody's got to wear a uniform. Uh, I, he takes the bag upstairs. Inside the bag, you find a pair of white polyester trousers. Okay. A long-sleeved white cotton shirt and a white knitted V-neck, what you would call a sweater vest. Uh, deep things that I just got thrown in there by mistake. It says it aside. <laughs> and there's also a red peaked cap. Mm, it's terrible. What's a peaked cap look like? It's, it's, it's basically like. it's 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 like a, a red newsboy's cap. That ain't so bad. I don't think he's quite feeling it though. Okay, so the Yankees cap staying on, is it? 
yeah, unless somebody tells them otherwise. I mean, they're probably going to tell them otherwise. You dig a little deeper into the bag and there's a there's a bat in there. It's brand new, freshly oiled. It looks like Uncle Tommy's been preparing it for you. There's a, a, a couple of uh, cricket balls. There is also a, um, a hard plastic box. It's your bollock box. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what you guys call them. It's like a... Uh, a jockstrap? I don't know. No, I don't know either. A, a, a cup? A protector. A cup. Let's call it a protector. A cup. There we go. Yep, it's a protective cup. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm sure... I'm sure Dee probably knows what that is. It's just like... A, plays street ball so they never use they don't use protection they don't have helmets or anything <laughs> the closest thing they've got to like protection is like the the catcher tends to wear like a, a something over their face and like a carpet for a vest nice nice Okay, so yeah, you get yourself ready and you head downstairs. Uncle Tommy's waiting expectantly in the kitchen to see see you at this transformation, <laughs> and his face drops slightly where when he says, "Oh, D, um, you forgot on your tank top." The uh, no tank top in there. Yes, there was the the sleeveless jumper. The the what? The sweater, the sleeveless sweater. Oh. That's part of the uniform? Of course, of course. Aren't you going to get high if you want to out of that? There's not a huge amount of running that takes place. Besides, you have to be kept layered up. And you have worn your protection, haven't you? I mean, I haven't put it in right now. <laughs> okay, well, listen, I've got to go out. I have an appointment. But very best of luck today. I'm sure that you're going to have a marvellous time playing cricket. Okay. This is the point where we're going to fast forward a little bit because I uh, we're not going to we're not going to run the game or the training session not yet anyway maybe we'll do it as some bonus content in the future but I would like you to make a grit roll for me to find out how successful your training session goes. Hey. Ooh, that's 16. not too bad. Okay, so as training sessions go it's not too bad. You manage to grasp the basics of how cricket works. You even manage to hit the ball once or twice. Once it's explained to you that you don't hold the bat on your shoulder. But at the end of the session, your cricket coach does say to you that you have a good deal of potential if you train hard. So I want to know, Dee, how do you feel about this training session? How do you feel about this game? Judging by, like, what I have seen of cricket, which, mind you, isn't too much, I think when, like, things actually start happening and, like, people are moving, I think Dee <laughs> likes it. However... The rest of the time, he absolutely hates it and definitely does not understand how it actually works. Just knows that when you okay. hit the ball, you run. You do a little run. Yeah, yeah, you do a little run. And there's something about 
the sticks. <laughs> the wickets. I mean, I don't know what a wicket is. I don't <laughs> actually know what the wickets do or what their purpose is, but I know what they are. Okay, so just a quick brief rundown, because I'm sure there's a fair few people who don't know how cricket works. Really, really quickly. So as a batsman, you're protecting the wickets. On top of the wickets is what's called the bale, which is a smaller stick. It's the bowler's job to try and knock the bale off the wickets. If the batsman obviously hits the ball, there are certain points that can be scored depending on how far it goes and, you know, whether it goes um, a, a, a bit like with home runs and whatnot. So if it goes a certain distance without dropping, you get a six. If it goes a certain distance, but it drops, you get a four or something like that. I don't actually know a huge amount myself, but yeah. that's I'm basically it. I think nobody actually knows how to play cricket. <laughs> And the running, you can score additional points by running certain numbers of times. It's actually very, very there are lots of similarities between cricket and baseball, but let's not go into it because <laughs> we hate sport. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I played a character that's super into baseball. I don't, I don't know anything about baseball. I know the basics. It's pretty straightforward. But other than that, I couldn't tell you a goddamn thing. Yeah, it's it's all the stats that confuse me. Yeah, like I tried, I tried watching Moneyball a couple of weeks ago, and I really enjoyed it. I had no idea what they were talking about, but mm -hmm. anyway, how are you feeling as you're on your way home? Like, it's fine, I guess. Like, if I'm gonna be doing something, I guess I could be doing worse things, you know. <laughs> I'd rather just be, like, doing some ba some baseball out in, like, an old gravel lot or something. Okay, make a, make a brains roll for me. That's another two. As you're wandering down, you're, you're thinking that you would rather be playing baseball, but obviously you, you're beginning to see some connection between cricket and baseball. As you're wandering down the road, a figure comes into view. You've been with this person all afternoon. I'm fairly certain you're, you're, you weren't overly happy about it, but it is Rupert Nocturne, your oh, classmate. He's there. Yeah. Ah. Uh, well, now he definitely doesn't like cricket. <laughs> oh, so you decided to try and play our game, did you? Yeah, kicked your butt at it. Oh, I don't think so. I could knock you for six any day i don't know what that means look <laughs> i can't see you ever making the first team maybe i don't know maybe you could just um polish the wickets serve up the sandwiches for us real players what do you say about that hey oh I, you know what you're about to make me go out there and actually try to like be good out of spite and that's saying a lot you couldn't be good even if you tried i've seen better cricketers in in the first year i've never played fucking cricket before i don't even besides, know what the rules are besides mummy knows mr hughes personally so i will definitely get on the first team okay uh, good for you guy this guy's a jerk he steps forward and he says, don't look so tough without that baseball bat of yours. He's got his cricket bat in his hand and he just prods you and gives you a shove. I got a cricket bat in the bag. Like, the thing weighs like twice as much. You seriously going to see hand trap pushing me around, kid? 
Who do you think you're calling kid? You. Oh, you want some, do you? He pushes you this time. Where are we at? You're you're on the street. Are there like people around? Like, is it is it a busy Saturday? It's not a busy. It's just a small. It's just a small like suburban street. Okay, dude. Stop fucking pushing me. What? What? What are you going to do about it? Do you have any idea why I'm over here? It's not for fun. I'm not enjoying myself over here. I couldn't really care less why you're over here. It's because... The sooner you go back to America, the better as far as I'm concerned. I got sent over here because I had to beat the crap out of some guys. Well, they must have been nothing but sissies. You really, you really try my patience. I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best to, to be nice here. I, I didn't ask you to be nice. I don't need anything from you. And he reaches up and he flicks your baseball cap off your head. Uh, the punches them. <laughs> okay. Um. So you're gonna punch him. Um. Can you make a fight roll for me, please? Uh, yes. All right, that'll be a seven, and I want to go ahead and drop three more into it, because I know I have three at least. I'm pretty sure I was actually at five. So, all right then, tell me tell me what this looks like. Yeah, no, like, the second he, like, pops the hat off and, like, starts to drop his hand, just a full-on haymaker right into the cheek. Right into the cheek, Okay, so I'm going to roll a grit just to see how, where, how, whether he manages to, uh, to stay up. And he doesn't. The moment he touches your most prized possession, he gets it. Um, Don't disrespect and, the Yankees. And you knock him straight to the floor. What do you do? Yeah, he's just like holding his fist up. He's just like, ah, I promised my mom I was going to freaking do that. And you freaking... All you had to do was not do that. Uh, he picks up his hat. Uh, is he? Is he? He's awake, right? He's awake. Yeah. What he's, is he doing right now? At the mo- at the moment, Rupert is trying his hardest to kind of. He's he's a little bit dazed, but he's getting back up, and and he's go and he's looking at you, and he's going, "That was a lucky shot." <laughs> Couldn't do that one again. And he puts his fists up. Dude, just walk away. I don't want to do this right now. Just walk away. He charges you. Can you make a flight roll for me? As in to dodge. That's six. So he charges head first at your chest. And you manage to swerve out of the way. But as you swerve, he pushes you into the wall. And then goes to take another swing at you. And he misses, hitting the wall with his hand. And as he does, he cries out in pain and doubles over, clutching his hand. What would you like to do? He is. He's a total doofus. I didn't even move. Oh, crap. Uh, Did you break your hand? He looks up at you, sniveling. I'm mummy. No. And he starts to shuffle off. You better not forget tell anybody about this. Otherwise, you know, somebody's going to make fun of you. It ain't going <laughs> to be me because, like, 
I don't know what I'm getting at. Just like you bought this on yourself, and that was probably the worst fight I've ever been in. <laughs> yeah, he's an absolute tool. He. he never gonna beat you yeah um, <laughs> all right so what do you want to do do you as as he marches off he's rounding the corner uh i'm gonna grab my craft and keep going i guess so as you ah, people just need to freaking leave me alone as you pick up your hat and your bag and and you head head off before you even take a step you see a, another familiar figure this is like a freaking uh, memory corner over here. <laughs> D, sniveling little wretch that he is, I really don't think you should be getting yourself involved with Mr. Nocturne. But Mrs. Thistledown is stood right in front of you. What? Why didn't you stop it? Well, it seems that you'd already managed to finish it before I even had a chance to. And if I got myself involved, then... Dear old Mr. Nocturne would know and no doubt tell his darling mother. I don't want to be seen taking sides. Hey, he was pushing, he was trying to push me around. Like, that's a perfectly acceptable time for an adult to take sides. I mean, come on. That's what bullies do. Listen, we have, we have bigger things to worry about. I can't be getting involved in your domestics. You understand that, don't you? Yeah, no, I get it, but at the same time, like, I don't know, like, in the States, at least, like, typically, a teacher would be like, you know, hey, knock it off, you idiots. Well, we're not in the States now, and I don't think all of your teachers were quite like me, were they? Um, not as far as I know, I don't know, is it, like, pretty common for teachers to be your magic or whatever? Uh, well, yes, but let's... Try not to use the M word out in public, D. When you was in a forever, nobody believes me anyway, so Anyway, I'm glad we uh I'm glad we bumped into to each other. I I've been meaning to have a word with you. Yeah, um, you know, I'll say. Would you like to come for a cup of tea? Sure. Yeah, no, like um it's freaking uh, hot out here anyways, nice cool glass. Be well nice right about now. Miss Thistledown leads you back to her house on Blind Cross Street. You go into the living room and she says, Oh, please, please make yourself at home. Sit down. Uh, like, uh, what, what kind of seating situation does she have? There's like an armchair and a sofa. They're quite battered and chintzy. Uh, we'll be making some power moves here. Armchair. <laughs> okay um you you sit yourself down in the in the armchair and she says to you oh what would you um how do you how do you take your tea power move iced tea oh of course um <laughs> i i suppose i could uh try and do something i'll 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 be right back you're left in mrs t's living room nettles seems to have settled on a carpet in front of the fire Hmm. Is that one mirror that, uh, uh, why do I keep forgetting her name? Erin. Erin. Like, I don't understand why I'm having so much trouble with that. <laughs> Every single time I forget it. Is that one mirror that Erin came through still, like, there? Yeah, the mirror's, the mirror's there up on the, above the mantelpiece. 
D just, like, the second Thistledown's out of the room, D gets up and, like, quickly just, like, walks over and, like, pokes the mirror real quick. Okay. Yep, you determined that it is, in fact, a mirror. Dang. Okay. <laughs> D's just back down. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to do while uh, you're in the room? I mean, unless there is something, like, particularly that stands out for, like, D to, like, poke or mess with or something. Not really. Um, you have a glance around. As we said in the previous episode, this is a room that is full of books. There are there are, there are books on every possible subject that you can imagine. Um, yes, as you spy books. Make a brains roll for me. That's another two. You don't see anything specifically relating to spies. You certainly don't see the word spy anywhere. There is something you do notice, which is of of some interest to you. Up on the mantelpiece is a picture. And the only reason why you're drawn to it is because it's got a picture of an awesome gun in it. Mm. It's a woman in her early to mid-twenties. She's wearing a trench coat and a beret, and she's brandishing a submachine gun and chomping on a cigar. Oh, sick. Uh, yeah, no, these definitely, these, like, back up and looking at that now. Make another brain cell for me. Ooh. My worst skills getting a real workout here. That's... We might have to do, like, a, a skill shuffle if, if D keeps having to use his brain. Hey! <laughs> oh, explode. that's an explosion. Six total. That's a six. That'll do it. As you look closer at the picture, you realise that the woman stood there proudly holding this gun and smoking this cigar is uh, none other than Mrs. Thistledown. Wait a minute. This Thistledown was a freaking mobster? What, what kind of um, gun is it? Like, for me, Eve, not not necessarily uh, for D. It's a, um, a Lanchester submachine gun. I have no idea what that is. One it's sec, a, I'm looking it up. It's British issue. It looks. It almost looks like a portable cannon. 600 rounds <gasps> oh, a minute. Oh, yeah. No, I know what them are. Really big barrel. Yeah, with, like, the side magazine. That's one. Ah, oh, that's very sick. That's awesome. Yes, I'm super into it, as an Eve is super into it. <laughs> Mrs. Thistledown totters back just as you're sitting back down, and she's produced this um, china cup and saucer that she's placed in front of you, and in it is uh, a tea with a splash of milk and some ice cubes. Uh, did I get it right? Uh, no. Uh, I'll show you later. Uh... What's up? Well, I I felt, D that um, maybe, you know, in light of our recent events, that we, 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 we might need to sort of clarify a few things. And uh, I felt that if you have any questions regarding everything that's gone on that you, you may wish to ask me, I'm concerned that you're still a little bit lost. You're a stranger in a strange town. I've thrown this burden upon you and and believe me it wasn't my intention it, it just so happened this way all right yeah if you're if you're finally ready to talk about it then yeah let's talk what's in it for me and sally you've stuck around for this long d mm-hmm. this isn't about what you get and i think you know that don't you 
you understand the dangers that are occurring in this town, do you not? I'm not sure if we're gonna, you know, get the full extent of it, you know? Because so, uh, look at from look at from where I'm at, alright? Um, what what what's happened so far? Um, army guys move in, they kind of do some stuff, and then they go away. Not much happens with them. Um, these clowns, they steal, uh, they steal a lock, make a, make a big old Walkman, uh, Walkman breaks, they go away, they chase us around for a bit, didn't really end up doing anything. They make a, they make a weird fish, it, fish floods some places, nobody's hurt. Like, I'm, I don't know what the actual, like, back home, have a couple nights, you're hearing, like, gunshots out in the streets and whatnot. It happens. So, yeah, I get it. There's, like, a magic here, and, like, who knows? Maybe that does something bad. Maybe it don't. I don't know. See that picture of you up there at Can of Friggin' Peace, though? Like, uh, looking like a great-A badass. And... No, that's, uh... That's nothing. That's that's just from my old war days. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, you say that like it's freaking nothing, but, like, there's definitely some... Um, we're gonna talk Look. about that at some point, but, like, maybe not right now, but, like, at some point, because it's cool as hell. But, that's not my point. I don't know what the deal is here. Because, as far as I know, these guys are just freaking jerking around, like, uh, what is it, the, uh, Bogoth or whatever? Like, how do I know that's actually, like, a bad thing? Listen, what you've got to understand, D, is that, um... This is just the beginning. Things are being put in place. You talk about gunfire going off in your neighborhood every night of the week. It's far more subtle than that. And I've come to realize and I've seen that what you thrive upon is is mystery and needing to know. Just like Sally. And that's part of the reason why you have become involved. You and Sally were not just plucked at random. You know that, don't you? I mean, I... I don't know. I feel like maybe we just got lucky. No, no. The Order has, a very sp has very specific protocols for inviting new members. Yes, we want those who believe and are dedicated to preserving the Order, and those who wish to learn the ancient knowledge passed down from the Fae. But above all, is the notion of imagination and play. For all their magic, the Fae hold imagination in the highest regard. It is imagination that binds the fabric of reality, and those who understand the nature of imagination are able to manipulate reality itself. That's what magic is. That's what the source is. It's not hocus pocus, it's imagination. Erin and I have been watching you and Sally for some time, Dee, and your ability to accept what others do not and believe the unbelievable has given us just the merest insight into your capacity to imagine. So, what, like I'm uh, creative, so I don't know, you gonna make a fireball? She sighs, make a brain roll for me. It has to be brains. Hey! Yay! That's another six. You understand that she, she, what she's trying to tell you is that 
I think. Well, I think actually you probably nailed it from from what you've said because I'm creative. Um, I can make a fireball. <laughs> it's not quite as simple as that, but it's your creative process. And she interrupts you as you begin to uh, to ask about fireballs, and she says, "Look, just think about it. You met Lazarus." and didn't think twice about helping him, you realised that something strange was going on at the demolition site. So the three of you concocted this elaborate scheme involving costume. That sort of thing is catnip to the Fae. They were watching you. They watched everything that you did, and, and they delighted in what they saw. So they like it when I get some real good, good plans going on. That's just part of it. Um, there is... One sec. <laughs> this or that I want to hear out of your mouth. That I had yeah. a good plan. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thistle down size. For the purpose of our conversation, then yes, Dee, it was a plan that appealed to the Fae and certainly brought you to their attention. Yes. <laughs> she smiles and tries to hold it back a little bit, almost um, a little bit charmed by your innocence. She says there is of course more to the selection process it isn't just about imagination and play for the order there are those who find themselves in the order by way of blood you remember i told you that i was the last of the order yes yeah well the war took several members in our struggle to fight the nazis and there were others who were lost in other ways that you may come to understand if you decide to continue to help with our cause she looks down at the floor and looks a little bit uncomfortable. You know, it doesn't take brains to, to realise that this is this is difficult for her. And she says, Dee, did your mother ever tell you why she moved to America? Uh, no. You know your mother was from Marsh Haven, of course. Yeah. Dee. Your mother was one of the greatest potentials the Order ever had, at least in the last hundred years. She viewed the world with such wonder. She was a free spirit, resilient, and good lord was she mischievous. The Fae adored her, and for a time I truly believed that we could restore the Order to its former glory. Wait, what? Does she know about all this stuff? She did, but it was not to be. There was an accident, and in time, I will tell you, but not today. Suffice to say, your mother was not quite the same. She emigrated soon after. We kept in contact for a while, trading postcards, um, but I haven't seen her since she left. She walks across the room and picks up a postcard on one of the bookshelves and hands it to you. On the front is uh, a picture of a, a festival taking place in Little Italy with just New York written across the top. And it just says, Dearest Wenna, Derek is coming to stay with Thomas. Keep him safe. And it's in your mother's handwriting. This is Dearest Winter? Dearest Wenna. 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 So her full name's Morwenna. Oh, okay. 
I guess she never told me about you. I suspect for the same reason she hasn't told you an awful lot about your past. It's something that she wishes to forget. But then, why would she... So she knew about all this stuff. And, like, that there's, like, uh, magic and what's it to you. She sent me here anyways. To keep me out of trouble back home. Even though it seems like there's more trouble. It's a little bit more complicated than that. You see, your mother doesn't remember. She remembers her time in Marsh Haven. She remembers the fun she had. She remembers our friendship. But her knowledge of the, uh, of the Fae, um, and her adventures are clouded to her. Like, uh, like, uh, like, uh, some sort of, like, uh, weird amnesia, or like, uh, like a, like a brain cloud? Ah, uh, something like that, yes. Okay. Um... What causes something like that? It's something that maybe we can go into a little bit later on down the line. Um, oh, you, you, you keep telling me later with all this stuff and I don't understand why we can't just talk about it now. In order for you to fully understand, there are things you must go through. There are things you must learn about the Order, about the Fae, and most importantly, about yourself. Which is why I've brought you here today. I'm pretty sure I know uh, myself pretty well. You know, got a pretty good think on here. I say so myself. You know, well, a well smart person. Well, the I'm 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 sure you do, but it's time to delve a little bit deeper. It's time to truly understand and know who you are. If you wish to, as you've suggested in in the past, learn certain powers. Are you gonna teach there me are some journeys stuff? you must go on. Like, wait, what? How? Huh? Alright. No. Whatever it is. Yes. <laughs> I had a feeling you were going to say that. We need. I need you to go on a journey. Where and how long? Oh, you won't be going very far at all. In fact, you'll be staying right here. Well, I don't think that's a very far journey, then. So, out of character, what are your thoughts? Uh, on what particularly? There's definitely a lot going on here. For instance, this down knowing Dee's mom. That's big news. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, what would you like it to be? What do you mean? Well, is there any any particular route you would like to take with this month, Fred? Honestly, no. Like, I, I'm kind of digging where you're going, where, like, these... Because, like, I, remember how, like, I told you I would, like, get back to you on, like, uh, D's relationship with his mom? Um, I've actually been thinking about that, and I think the situation is... It probably would have been healthier for Dee if Dee was a lot closer with 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 their mom, because okay. like in general, like I the way I've been viewing it is that uh, Dee's mom's a lot more accepting and a kinder, better person than their dad. Okay, cool, cool, cool. 
Mrs. Thistledown disappears off to the kitchen and comes back a few short moments later with a small crystal vial. She says, Dee, if you are ready and prepared to do this, you may want to lie down. And she gestures over the sofa that you didn't sit in. Uh, why? Because this journey is, um, it's internal rather than external. He, he's, he's looking at the, at the vial, it's like, are we doing drugs? I mean, I've never done drugs. <laughs> it's not. It's just something that will help you relax for the journey ahead. Um, okay. I'm going to take your word for it here, alright? Okay, well, your sign of trust is much appreciated. I don't know if we're quite there yet, but like, you know, hey, I'm willing to try new things. So you hop onto the couch and she gestures to you to put your feet up and to lie down. Alright, I just want to put a disclaimer here. Uh, kids, if, if a strange woman ever asks you to do this stuff, <laughs> don't. This is work of fiction. Okay, this he does that. <laughs> <laughs> she hands you the, uh, the vial and she says, look, it's a little bit bitter, but just drink it all down in one. Uh, he's going to sniff it first. Okay, like she says, it has an acrid smell that makes you wince a little bit. Hey, the bottom's up, eh? You know, get it? She is. He just does it. You drink the potion and very soon you begin to feel your eyelids grow heavy. It's a strange feeling. It's not unpleasant. You feel a tingling sensation course through your body and everything seems to be getting a little bit hotter and the room gently pulses and your eyes soon drop and you begin to slowly slip out of consciousness. When you open your eyes next, you find yourself lying on the ground, looking up at sky. What do you do? Uh, night sky, day sky, kind of sky. It's daytime. Cloudy, clear. It's overcast. It's neither hot nor cold. Make a grit roll for me. Hey, I'm good at those. I'm real good at those. 18. <laughs> It's neither hot nor cold, it's fairly overcast, but the quality of light is, is very clear. If this was 40 years in the future, it would be in 4K. Everything seems very crisp and sharp. Yeah, do you, do you set that? You look around and you find yourself somewhere where you've been before. No more than 10 feet away from you are three red marble monuments and you know exactly where you are you're in monument park in yankee stadium you don't even need to look at the the plaques that are on these three monuments you can see the brass images of babe ruth lou gehrig and yankees manager miller huggins to the back you can see some of the familiar plaques um, you see joe dimaggio you see mickey mantle this is a place that you've been to many many times before oh heck yeah okay yeah now this is a good journey all right oh you took your time didn't you that down here he looks down <laughs> coming up from behind the monument of babe ruth is a familiar figure it's nettles 
sporting a very, very small New York Yankees baseball cap. Ah, that's cool. Do you keep that? Look, we haven't got much time. I think we do have to journey on. So, are you ready, Dee? I can't... Is that what you sound like to Sally? Because, like, I've been mixing you with, like, a Jersey accent. No, don't be silly. I'm not a Neanderthal. You know, all right, nobody likes Jersey, but, like, that's still kind of insulting. Look, we've got things to do. All right, fine, fine. Okay, like, uh, yeah, sure, uh... Nice to see you had the balls to take the potion. Yeah, I did. So, uh, you're ready to go on your journey, are you? I mean, if my journey's through New York, then yeah, I'm about to crush this stuff. Well, allow me to be your guide. Don't you think it should be uh, the other way around, you know? No, no, no. Not on this journey. Nettles looks up at you and he says, follow me. And you begin to walk. And as you start to walk, mists begin to appear all around you, enveloping you. And you step out onto a walkway. It's in your local neighbourhood. You see that? A couple of familiar faces. Right, so we are going to do a quick flashback sequence now. Okay. This is going to be you and your friend talking and you starting to probe. Gotcha. So at, at this point now, Dee and Nettles are watching this scene happen, but I'm asking you now to play the character of younger Dee, you know, from about a year and a half ago. Gotcha. You're walking. You're going to be walking down the street with uh, one of uh, with your best friend. What's his name? We're going to go with what's, what's a good name for another Brooklyn kid. Let's go with uh, Marco. 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 What? Uh, Marco DeSanto. Marco DeSanto. Okay. Nettles gestures over at you, and you follow his Question, gaze. How does Marco? Oh. Uh, how does? Uh, how does uh, Nettles? Gesture. Uh, he just looks over. Okay. I'm just curious how dogs gesture. It's just a little tilt of his head. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Carry on. Sorry. So, um, yeah, let's play this out. Let's just see what happens in this conversation, okay? Marco's got a stickball bat in his hand, and he's kind of thwacking it on the ground as they're walking through. And he says, hey, Dee, so uh, have, you, uh, have you decided who you're going to go to the dance with on Friday then? Gotta stop you right quick. That is amazing, yeah. and I love it. You're doing wonderful. <laughs> All things considered, that is great. Um, Thank you. You're you're very welcome. I know Brooklynites are probably going to hate it just as much as they hate mine, but I think it's wonderful. Thank it's you. A very good effort. <laughs> Much better than any any accent that I could put on from across the pot. <laughs> um, eh, you know, I like uh, my last man, but uh. oh man, you know, uh, Wendy, I gotta ask Wendy, you know, she uh, she keeps giving me the eye, and I I I reckon maybe I stand a chance. I don't know. Uh, what do you think? I mean, I guess. Like, I, I thought that she was going out with Benny, though. No way, no way. I stand a better chance than Benny. Well, I mean, yeah, no, Benny can go soak his head. But, like, I mean, I'm just saying, you know. You know what? I turn on the old Marco charm, she'll be putty in my hands. See, that's what you got to understand about the ladies, you, you know? They, they, they like the charm. They like, you know, you bring them flowers, you, you dress up smart. You'll be okay. 
pay her. So what are you gonna do? How are you gonna how are you gonna deal with Mary? Oh no. I ain't never been good at that kind of stuff. You know. Well you gotta learn. You gotta try. I guess. Like I mean uh, Well I mean like uh, I don't know, uh like so like uh Well I mean Okay, like just you know I don't know, like I feel like I'm like, you know I like push anyone around or anything, like out well, I know it's like anyone even likes me. I mean like oh out I mean honestly I don't even I don't even understand why we gotta worry about it. Like What are you talking about? We gotta have dates. We gotta have dates for the for the dance. You know, we don't wanna be no chumps, we don't wanna end up in a corner. I don't know, like I like it just like kinda hanging out. Sure, we can hang out, no problem, but we gotta get these dates, okay? It's what we do, we're gonna be men in a few years. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, like, yeah, um, yeah, D is like, D is actually starting to, like, like, very clearly just, like, look very disinterested in this conversation at this point. <laughs> like, eh. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, uh, you need like uh, girls or anything to, like, you know, do that. Hey, what's wrong with you? I don't know. Like, yeah, I just uh, been, you gotta uh, get your head in the game. I'm like uh, thinking about stuff lately, you know. Like, uh, you know, like, like, do I play that? I play that stuff. So, what you thinking about? I mean, I mean, you know, it's like uh, stuff that uh, every guy does at some point, right? You know? Yeah, stuff. sure. I'm thinking about the end of that dance. That little goodnight kiss, a little bit of a smooch. You know Wendy will put out, right? Uh, wait a minute, come on. You know I could get to at least third base with her. I don't know. I, I, I'm thinking... You don't even know what the base is. Shut up. Sure, I do. That's that's like kissing with the tongues, right? All right, maybe you do know what the base is, but it's not my fucking point. Look, like uh, you know, um, I don't know. I'm just concerned that like maybe maybe like that ain't like I don't know. You know, I'm normally real good with my words and such. Not feeling so good oh, with yeah, the way you now, you know. Smooth. No, have you ever just like uh, uh, you know, put yourself into their shoes? Like uh, you know, think like hey, you know, like uh, well, uh, what's what's like the be uh, what up? You know, you know, like everybody thinks that at some point. You know, think what? You know, like uh. What's it like to be a girl? Um... Yo, D, why... Why you gotta talk like that? That's some... That's some... Crazy... Weird nonsense. Yeah, not crazy, come on. Everybody's had... You saying you what? You, you saying... You... You wanna think like a girl? What? No, okay, I'm not... Not saying... Hey, listen, that. I had a... I had an uncle do the same thing. It 
it wasn't good. The family, they didn't want nothing to do with him. You got to put those crazy thoughts out of your head, D. You hear? I mean, come on. Like, you, 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 you thought about that? Like, uh, like, like ever? No. Why the hell would I? Um, no, I thought that, that was just like a thing people did. Look, D, just get yourself aboard and then we go to the dance. We get to third base, we have a great time. You hear? I don't want to hear none of this thinking like a girl bullshit. Yeah, no, yeah, man. Yeah, no, Marco, that's... Yeah, you're right. Anyway, laters. I'm gonna go. Alright, yeah, dude, I'll, uh... See you later. Okay, and we're gonna bring you back to D. How was that? Was that alright? Yes. <laughs> it took us a minute to get there, but I'm glad that we did. I loved it. Nettles looks up at you, and he says, Oh, you're uh, quite the wit with words, aren't you? D is just completely slack-faced right now. Like, you know, 100% no emotion on the face whatsoever. It's like, what are we doing here? Why did we just see that? Well, this was the beginning, wasn't it? This is where it all started. And the mist envelops you again. And this time, you see Younger D and Marco. And they're not walking side by side. They're surrounded by other children. And it looks like they're in the middle of a fight. And you can see that D is on the floor. Not lying down, but sat up almost trying to get up. Yeah, propped um, on the elbow. Yeah, and it's all very fuzzy. But you can see Marco shouting and looking at Dee with venom in his eyes. And the kids around are just laughing. And then the mist swirls again. And you find yourself back at Monument Park. You see Nettles. He's there, still in his baseball cap, trying to rid himself of an itch by rubbing up against the corner of the Miller Huggins Monument. Seems like quite the scuffle you got yourself in there, old boy. So tell me, how does one go from being best friends to having seven shades of Sheba kicked out of him? Is this how you always solve your problems? I'm not very much. Like, uh, I thought, I was thinking, we can go like a fun little, little romp and like, I don't know, like, uh, fight some monsters or something. I don't like thinking about this stuff. Well, you've got to, I'm afraid, Dee. This is part of your journey. You have to understand yourself before you can start tackling the monsters, as you call them. Yeah, but why? But why? Because, mm. li like I say, you need to understand yourself. You need to understand what drives you. And let's be honest, Marco may have been the first, but he wasn't the last, was he? Sammy Burke, Corey Parks, Charlie Barker. You just keep fighting, don't you? What? Well, the keeps pushing. Like, what, the, what what, choice do I have, huh? What was it that Marco said that was so awful? They... They wouldn't stop... Is... Because... When I tried to freaking talk to... Talk to... Talk to... You saw what I tried to talk to Marco about, okay? And uh, that just started spiraling up. And everybody kept talking about it. And, like, they kept telling everybody else. And they wouldn't stop. And I tried to get them to stop. 
like that just made him talk more and I don't know why we gotta be talking about it right now like not a freaking big deal we don't need to talk about it no more but you need to think about it come on we haven't finished anyway we've more to do and he turns around and trots off fine the mists start to swirl once again and you find yourself standing in front of a line of people outside a large fortified building a guard stands at the door with the word visitors stenciled upon it nettles looks up at you and he says care to tell me where we are yeah this is uh this is where my dad's at ah sing sing yes now i remember dear heart so we're going to meet your father, are we? Uh, I, I guess, I don't know, are we? You watch the people slowly walk in one by one through the door. You can see both your mother and your younger self making that visit. Nettles looks up at you and he says, What do you think your father's going to say when he sees that black eye? Ugh, I mean, well... He's just gonna ask if the other guy was, like, a uh, guy worse, if I remember right. Like, that's what he does. Anytime I got into a fight, he's just like, make sure the other one got it worse, right? I'm like, yeah. Let's see, shall we? Nettles trots up to the back of the line, and you slowly shuffle forward and into the door. As you walk through the door, the mists begin to swirl again, and you find yourself in the prison visitor's room. You stand just a few feet from your mother and yourself you can see that your mother is well make a grit roll for me alrighty I've got real dice real dice <laughs> let's see how badly this screws me hey a 13 yeah but you can see that your mother is struggling to hold back tears um she's obviously quite distressed and you are there holding your mother's hand and she hands you the telephone receiver your father sits behind the transparent screen holding the other receiver you place the handset to your ear so uh your mother tells me she's uh made plans for you yeah, that's what she told me too. See, I don't know nothing about England, champ, except what your mom tells me. I think, uh, maybe we have some distant cousins out there somewhere, but who knows? Anyways, make another grit roll for me. Fourteen. You look over at your mum, um, and you can see that she's giving a very determined look at your dad. Tell me about the relationship with you and your father. Uh, sorry, your mother and your father. What's it like? Um, it's one of those things where when it's good, it's good. Mm -hmm. But when it isn't, it's not. And it can get very contentious at times. And what would you say is the ratio of good to bad Honestly, I'd probably say it's probably a 
60 good. 60 good. Okay, that's where my brain was going with it as well. So that's cool. Yeah. So you see your mum looking over at him and it's one of those moments where he's going to buckle and give in and he looks back at you and, and puts his mouth to the receiver and he says, it'll be good for you, you know? Audie's getting into fights, D. It ain't good for you. Don't want to see you inside here with me, no matter how much I miss my boy. Yous will be a man soon, and a man fights to protect himself and his family. He don't suck upon Chevy no good Nick who calls him names, you hear? You make me proud, you know that. So go to England, have tea with the Queen or whatever it is they do, and come back a man, and hopefully your pops will be out of here waiting for you. Yeah, no, yeah, no, of course pops, like, uh, I'm doing my best, okay? It's good to know, you know? I need you to come back, and I need you to look after your mother. You're gonna be able to do that, yeah? Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. That's my boy, that's my champ. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, yeah. And the okay. mists begin to swirl again. And all of a sudden you begin to hear a rather comforting if somewhat badly played tune. It's Take Me Out to the Ball Game. And when the mists finally clear, you find yourself just up by the press box of New York Yankee Stadium. And if you peer through the glass in the little hut next door, you can see nettles bouncing along the organ, thumping out a tune. Oh, this is marvelous. We should see if Thomas can get one of these for us, D. I could get quite used to playing this, and he's bashing away on the keys with his little paws. You know they're pretty cool, right? <laughs> so, uh, are we, uh, are we done here? Ah, uh, I don't think so, D. No, not by a long shot. So, your dad wants you to, uh, to do a little bit of growing up. Yeah. You think you can do that? I don't. No, if I can do it how he wants me to, I don't, everybody, everybody seems to, but wants me to be someone else, and I don't, I don't know who I am anymore, and it's just, well, who do you want to be, D? I don't know, and I, but, every time I think about who everybody's trying to, trying to get me to be though I start well do we do we really have to talk about this or yeah I really don't Derek I don't mean to do this to hurt you but you have a wonderful capacity for imagination and part of that imagination is that you are able to be whoever you want to be not just in your head whenever you want but like what, what if I'm just you know like freaking uh, crazy or, or whatever <laughs> you're talking to a dog we're all a little bit crazy don't worry, it's what makes us who we are. It's what makes us strong. And speaking of which, there is something else you have to see. Nettles hops off the organ 
and with some difficulty makes his way down the steps of the stands and the mists once again begin to swirl and you find yourself in much more familiar territory. You're back in Marsh Haven and you're outside Sally's house. Nettles looks up at you. Come on, dear heart. Chop, chop. I've got something to show you. Okay. And he trots over to the, the side of the house, down the alley and round the back into the garden. You wander round past the back door and to the kitchen window and you can see Sally's mum. She sat there laughing and joking with Sally's younger sister. She's brushing her hair and they seem to be singing a song, sort of playing together. Sally's dad sits at the table just reading a newspaper and Sally is sat there looking into her bowl of cereal, looking up at her mother and her sister playing. Roll grit for me, please. Oh, not 20. Ah, uh, 28. Clearly, Sally is very unhappy. You can see that there is a need, a want to connect with her mother, and she's not getting it. The mists begin to swirl again, and this time you find yourself in Microsoft Park. And Sally's there, kicking a ball around on her own. She's making a show of kicking a ball into a goalpost, an empty goalpost, and then kind of running over and being the goalkeeper, and then running back and taking the penalty. And there's a few kids around some of them you can see are pointing and laughing at her but she pays them no heed she just carries on with what she's doing and the mists begin to swell once more and you find yourself back on the pitcher's mound of yankee stadium why did i see that awesome holy crap on the field i know you're having a tough time d i know that Life is difficult for you, and things have gotten very, very strange. But what you have to understand is that you're important to people. You mean the world, Sally. Not just as someone who has shared the experiences that you have shared, but she's your friend. And you make Sally a better person. No, she was lonely I'm, without you. No, I'm... I'm a piece of crap. I'm probably going to get in trouble or something. Yes, but part of living, part of, of being who you are is getting into trouble. I'm not saying that you have to go off and break into buildings left, right and centre. But what I am saying is that, you know, you are enabling Sally to also discover who she is. You're an important person, Dee. And you've got to start accepting that. Oh, this is some well heavy stuff, man. I don't feel so good. Well, you know, it can't all be baseballs and putting on army uniforms. I'm afraid now things are going to take a somewhat sinister twist. What does that mean? We have to start looking towards the future. What does that mean? We have to see what is yet to come. This is a imprecise art. These things haven't happened yet. But it's important that you know what could come. And once again, the mists begin to swirl. And they don't really go away this time. They become thinner. You begin to see the scene. And what you see is immediately you realise that it's unnatural. It doesn't feel real. It feels like a disjointed, flickering old movie. You're in a storm. 
and the lighting is very unnatural. There's lightning all around and in front of you is a huge crowd of people. Uh, make a brain roll for me. Three. The place looks familiar to you, but you couldn't quite pinpoint where it is. The crowd of people have their arms raised above them and they're swaying in time with one another. Make another brains roll for me. That's a one. All you know is there are literally hundreds and hundreds of people and they are all moving in time. They are looking towards a man who is standing in front of a makeshift V-shaped altar. You can't see from this distance. Nettles looks up at you, says, D, do me a favour, will you, and pick me up. I he picks up nettles. As you pick up nettles, and let's spend a point, you certainly feel a comforting course through you. But make a grit roll for me. 14. 14. This is a good day. You manage to separate yourself from the scene, and you, because there is that flickering quality to it, you're not quite as unsettled as you might have been. Do you wish to stay here, or do you wish to explore uh, further? What am I... What are we looking at? What's going on? This is what... What could happen, D. This is just one thread of a possible future. Who's... Who are these guys? Uh, you don't recognise them. This is Marsh Haven. What are they all doing out here? He looks over back at the altar. On the stem of each thing of the, of the altar, so it's a V-shape, there are two figures lying down. Where, where am I at in relation to the crowd? Uh, you are behind the crowd. Yeah, I'm going to start pushing through. You can call it this. It's fairly well organised. It feels like a kind of congregation. So there is an aisle down there. Gotcha. And obviously you can't be seen. Yeah. The people begin to chant as the man calls out over the storm. He turns his back on the crowd and holds his arms out to the storm, which increases in ferocity as he starts to shout louder, louder, louder. Nettles looks up at you and says, D, I think we need to go back. Go back where? What's happening here? What are they doing? I think it's time to look over there, back where we were. Okay. Um, the storm is getting louder, louder. Can you make another grip roll for me? Uh, that dice finally failed me. There's a one. Oh, okay. Yeah. As you turn to head back, you realise that one of those figures on the altar is wearing a baseball cap. And you put two and two together, and you can't get out of there. You fall ass back to your previous position. The figure continues to shout. And acolytes step forward. Nettle says to you, mm, I don't think you really want to see this, D. What has happened? I want to see it. The acolytes hold two knives aloft and plunge them into the figures on the altar. Holy crap. The madness descends and the ground begins to shake. The wind picks up. All the crowds seem oblivious. They seem locked in ecstasy before being swallowed up into the ground. But it's not ground. It's a giant 
sludgy rock and dirt and mud form lips where the people once stood two flaming orbs of fire pop open as a gigantic head pushes forth from the marsh as you see the people being tossed around in the creature's mouth being crunched and swallowed as if they were nothing more than a handful of popcorn the scent of blood is thick in the air and the sky in response has turned crimson the man at the altar looks maniacally on as the arms and shoulders are formed, chest and legs. The creature stands, the Bogoth, a gargantuan beast of chaos terror. And the mists descend once more. What was that? What was that? What was that? You find yourself back in Yankee Stadium on the home plate. Nettles is curled up. He looks up at you and he says, I uh, I think you know what that was, don't you, Dee? Is that, uh, is that that thing? The Pluna? The uh, Bogoth? The Elementor Tenebri. Victor Wallace completed it. And Marsh Haven will disappear. Holy crap! Do you take us off their their hat? Just like running a hand through their hair and just like, what the crap was that? Oh, that was freaking huge! How how do you fight that? Like, what do you do? There is always a way, D. There is always a way, and I think, I hope, that maybe you'll find an answer. Oh, okay, see, not, like, I was thinking that that was just, like, uh, no, yeah, something like that, like, weird fish thing or something, not, like, that was, oh, that's heavy. It is indeed, which is why it needs to be stopped. But, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. What do you mean? Let's go for one more trip, shall we? And again the okay. mists descend, and again the scene is flickery, disjointed. You can't quite fully see through the haze, but you seem to be stood. Grains roll for me. Ah, four. And seven. Yeah, you're back in Marsh Haven. It looks a little bit different. Not quite the Marsh Haven you know, but you couldn't quite place your finger on what exactly is different. You're stood outside one of the old terraced houses. You know, you've seen countless of them. The road seems familiar, but you couldn't say exactly where in Marsh Haven. Yeah, it's kind of fuzzy. And as you are standing there, a battered Volkswagen Beetle comes herring down the road. You hear it before you see it, and Nettles takes a little bit of a step back as the car hurtles into the driveway and pulls to a stop with a screech. This car has seen better days. It's a little bit dented in places. The hood wobbles a little bit every time it moves. Um, yeah, a beater. But it's a beetle. That's what they're supposed to look like. And as, you, as you're watching with Nettles, a young woman steps out. She's wearing faded jeans, what looks like Doc Martin boots, 
and a, a t-shirt that says the runaways on it she seems to be carrying a pile of really really old looking books she gives a wave to her next door neighbor who's just hanging out some washing on the line she heads off into her house what do you want to do oh uh, who's there just somebody from your future am i supposed to follow as you go to step forward the woman comes out of the house and goes back to the car she opens the door and reaches in and just as she closes the door she places an old battered new york yankees cap on her head and walks slowly back to the house where's she got my hat once again descend and this time you find yourself opening your eyes and you're back in mrs thistledown's cottage on the sofa mrs thistledown's still there she sat in the armchair how are you d uh is just like sitting up and looking around just like what was that did did you see any of that it wasn't my journey to see Ooh. A girl that had my hat. I understand. Well, uh, I don't know what's happening. My head hurts. Tell me, D. What did you, um... It's a lot to process at the moment. I'm sure if your experience was anything like mine, then it's been something of an information overload. Did you learn anything? Ah... Oh no. Um... Duh, that was... Okay, one. Let me just like he's sitting up and just like the hands just like hovering next to the head, just like okay. Uh. Uh. Marco. He's being a tool, and a jerk, and we got into a fight. And all the mother freaking fights, and uh, my dad was there, and he's wanting me to be a man, and I don't, I don't think I can do that, and I don't think I want to do that, and I don't. You don't, don't want know. to be a man, but everybody needs to grow up, D. It's not... It's not... It's not what I mean. I don't know. This is... There's a lot. And then... Then we... Sally was... Upset. And... Then I I saw the blog off and I know how like all that stuff finishes. Not how it finishes. That hasn't happened yet. We still don't know the ending. Yeah, but I mean like I know how he does it. Or sorta 
I don't know. He stabbed a couple people. One of them had my hat. I couldn't see it though. Yeah, so freaking weird. And then, then there was uh, 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 the lady with like a freaking uh, car, you know? And she had my hat. Why does she have my hat? Why indeed? I don't know. Holy crap. I feel like I'm going to puke. It's a lot to take in, D. This. Oh. That's a lot. I don't... I think... I think I gotta go home. Are you sure? I don't know. I'm... I'm just... I'm trying to... Uh, trying to... Trying to figure out how to... Uh, what's that word for like... Uh, sorting your words? Like, uh, like, uh, art, art, it's art some. Recall. No. Articulate. Oh, articulate. That begins with an A-D. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Art. <laughs> art. Articulate. Well, <laughs> would you like a cup of tea? Okay. Yeah. Gather your thoughts yeah. and we'll talk. She goes off to the kitchen. Is Nettles here? Nettles has just jumped up on your lap. Make another great roll for me. You are not going to believe this. I'm pretty sure D is currently having an emotional breakdown <laughs> because that's another one. Yeah, um, this dice decided now is the time where you <laughs> cannot longer function. You are finding it really, really overwhelming, but fortunately, Nettles is on hand. I am going to spend the psychic point, um, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to roll. Seeing your distress, and with the roll being so bad, it is physical. You are at that point of shaking and yeah, uh, like, like really like kind of nauseous. Yeah. yeah, hands just like balls of the hands just like buried in the eyes. Nettles hops up next to you and just starts rubbing up against you. And you can feel like you begin to settle. Your breathing becomes easier. However, because the roll wasn't great, the thoughts are still there. Okay, so physically you feel well, but, but mentally you are still trying to get these thoughts in some kind of order. Okay. Okay. So um, oh. Mrs. Thistledown pops back. She brings a tray with some tea, the English way, and plops one in front of you. How are we, yeah. Dee? just kind of like stares down into it and like kind of like slowly looks up at her it's like uh, you ain't gonna make fun of me if I ask you something white of course not have you ever um, you ever like uh Wondered what it's like to, like, you know, be like 
of why? Um, she looks at you and tilts her head like be somebody else. Of course, that's what we have our imaginations for. You yeah, but I mean like 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 how how often do you think about that? Oh, my mind goes to all sorts of places, all the time. But I'm like talking about like that uh, that one specific place. <sighs> well, that, not often, I suppose. Okay, like, is it, do you think it's do you think it's weird? Yeah, do I think? Um, someone's like freaking uh goes there a lot no of course not we all have thoughts that uh, we, we we can't explain and she looks at you and she puts her hand on your arm and she says it's okay to have those thoughts d it's all right and I understand. But... Do you? I don't... I don't... Uh, she had my hat. I'm assuming you're talking of your, uh, your journey. Yeah, at the end, I was like, oh, that had my head. Remember, the journeys, the future visions are what could be. And the only people who could make those happen are the people that have those visions. So far, you've told me about the Bogoth. You told me about the girl in the hat, all intrinsically linked to you. So how is your story going to end, Dee? Hey, uh, Eve here again. I'm doing this bit to explain things, make it explicitly clear, and to avoid any concerns of queer baiting. Dee is a trans girl. She will come to terms and she will come out. I don't know when that will be, but this is my word that it will happen. For the time being, I will continue to use they, them, and he, him pronouns for her as she is still sorting herself out and I want to keep it in the same headspace. Dee has been planned as trans since day one. I had originally intended to drag this out longer, drop hints, do a lot more of wink wink nudge nudge. But at the end of the day, that isn't fair to the audience and it isn't fair to Dee. Dee's experiences with being trans are similar to mine. I spent a long time desperately hiding from myself, terrified of losing everyone. That fear was 
all-consuming. And I got very good at hiding it. I could smile and laugh and push my way through without anyone else seeing it. It ground me down, honed me to a fine edge. I wouldn't wish that fear on anyone. But at the same time, it made me a better, harder woman than I would have been otherwise. When trans people are shown in media, or at the very least, the rare occasions where we're shown in a positive light, it always skips that stage of the story, showing us at our most confident and out for the most part. Like I said, this is not yay positive woke points category. Um, this isn't the experience for every trans person and it shouldn't be the experience for any of us, but I've been around long enough to know that it's pretty common because of that. I felt we should do our best to show it. Don't worry though. If D is anything like me, she's going to turn out just fine. So, um, with that, just got a couple into show notes here. You can find us on Twitter at Brits underscore bikes. Jimmy is at Jimmy Sprinkless. I'm at Copper Harpy. If I can ever say that properly. And if you want to talk to Kat, uh, just get with any of us. We will get that message to her. Alright, so uh, stick around for a message from our friends over at Modified Roll. And as always, keep on biking. Modified Rule is an actual play D&D 5e podcast featuring new and veteran-ish players. So come and join us as we explore an entirely homebrew world created by our talented DM Liam. This is an old-school D&D experience where we focus on collaborative storytelling in an open world. This of course allows us as players to cause as much anxiety as possible for our DM. So come and listen in as we argue rules, ignore plot hooks, and just generally have a good time. You can find us on almost every podcast platform, and you can chat to us pretty much anywhere on social media. Modified Rule. Come and join our table.